Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, a very pleasant good morning to you. Hi there, this is Patrick Timpone. Beautiful morning here in the Texas Hill Country. Hope you're having a good time. It is 28 February, the last day of the month. The leap thing, or whatever they call it. And Tom Luongo is with us. He's in the green room in Florida. He'll be here in a minute after just a quick business thing. Um, let's see. I may be on later on after Tom. This depends on if he wears me out or not. He sometimes does, which is great. Um, and then tomorrow, Fred Jaszewski with The Real World of Money, our numismatic guy. He buys and sells gold coins for a living. He's on on the first Wednesday of the month. And then uh, special, well, they're all special, but tomorrow we're going to go down to New Zealand. Mark and Sam Bailey, two doctors, uh, they are right in the top 10 of the whole crowd, the Luongo, the Vomer, the Lankas, mm, Stones, that there is no virus, there never was a virus, they've never proven it. Matter of fact, uh, Mark and three other people, Mark Bailey in New Zealand, put together a 75-page white paper for the courts, 150 um, you know, what do they call them, whatever, those things at the end there where they say this is what it is, and the courts wouldn't even look at it, showing that there is no virus. So this whole virus thing is interesting, and uh, they're going to take it to another level uh, where they're going to try to prove that it's a lab thing, and in my opinion, that's all made up as well. But the Republicans are going to do that. So we're going to talk to them tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and it'll be live from, from New Zealand. Now, on to good stuff. Gold, goats, and guns. Tom Luongo's uh, address there. He's a uh, raconteur and uh, a commentator and analyst analyst for geopolitics and uh, um, markets and goats, he says. And he's in the great state of Florida, and he's with us now, Mr. Tom Luongo. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? How I'm you doing, been? I'm, do- I'm doing well. I'm, do- I'm doing well. And we were just talking, you had two two goats, so that's good. It's good to have goats, right? Yeah, well, you know, it's always, you know, uh, we had babies the other day, and my wife and I went out there to watch the, the girl, you know, to, to make sure that everything went well, and we just kind of looked at each other and went, the week we've had easy birth, two girls, that would be what we want, and we got easy birth and two girls. There you, there you, can, you. Never, you can never complain when you get two girls out of a, out of, especially out of a young doe. Like, you know, she's already paid for herself for the rest of her life. So, I, don't want to, I don't want to pry into your life, but you probably have some gold and guns, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. That's a good guess. <laughs> Tom has a, has a, a great uh, uh, service that he does. I do the Patreon thing thing. I think it cost me, I pay you like 12 bucks a month or so. Pretty cool. And oh, a couple times a week, you send out emails. We got one this morning about Brexit we can ask you about. Mm-hmm. And then your little videos, and I learned about the markets. And it's great. It's a great service. Thanks for doing that. That's a nice thing. Yeah. Well, you know, some, something's got to pay the bills. Cause that's, right. Farmer, yeah, that's right. Doesn't cut it, you know. You can only have sell so much goat milk. Uh, about a week ago, we had the pleasure of talking with uh, Martin Armstrong. Here's what he said real quick. Sean? Just absolute either stupidity or duplicity. I mean, it's uh, every world leader has always sought peace. I mean, now we have nothing but cheering on war. I mean, it's just amazing. What do you, what do you think of that? I think, I think Martin, I love Martin, by the way, so even I. when I disagree with him. 
FYI. And I, and there are times in the, like at the margins, there are things about things that Martin and I don't agree with, and that's fine. It's, it's I think it's a healthy disagreement. Um, I think Martin's um, unwillingness to just kind of go down the the hole and say, look, yeah, no, they really are. It's not even duplicitous. They're just. They just, this is what they want. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that's been, been saying, banging his shoe on the table like Khrushchev saying, they need a war to cover their financial uh, insolvency. You know, that's not something that, you know, it's something I, it's a conclusion I would have come to on my own, but, you know, Martin easily was the first one to put it out there into the zeitgeist and, you know, I'll give him, uh, gladly give him credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's very clear. And I think that, you know, all of these people, the Ursula von der Leyen's, the Joe Biden's, and they use Joe Biden with the, you know air quotes because he's not really there because, you know, <laughs> funguses don't really have sentience, last I checked. So, um, you know, the von der Leyen's and, you know, the Rishi Sunak's and, the, you know, the all, and all the rest of them, um, the, all the ones that they like, right? The ones they hate, they don't have any control over. The ones they like, you know, they're all been placed to do exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So the Annalena Baerbox in Germany, the uh, the Mark Rutes in the Netherlands, uh, soon to be Keir Starmer in the UK, blah, 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 blah. And it's nothing new and they just do their thing and they continue to just act as if it's inevitable that they're going to win and they're going to give us you know, their more perfect technocratic union state. Do you really think they, they think they're gonna win, Tom Luongo? Oh yeah. Really? Do you think they're going to win? No. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> How can I? I don't, but I they do. They Look, do. No, no one ever went, went broke underestimating, you know, you know P.T. Barnum famous said that no one ever went broke underestimating the vulgarity of the American people. Well, sorry. No one ever went broke underestimating the arrogance of the European aristocracy. That's a far more true quote than Barnum, hmm. that, about Americans. Um, so, these people... Just, just to view the rest of the world as a bunch of peasants who need to be controlled. So we're and, right, I'm, a, I'm a screenwriter, and we have a protagonist, and we are people here, and you and I, we're the protagonists, we're the heroes, and we also always have to have villains. So in yeah. our movie, who are the villains? Oh, they're the, they're you the just old mentioned? colonial I, I, European aristocracy I just named, and, uh-huh. they're, and their front men are people like Klaus Schwab and George Soros and all the rest of them. But it's nothing new, mm-hmm. and they're cloaked under layers of obfuscation. But they but they hide in plain sight. They are the British Crown. They are the Vatican. They are all these people that we all you know, and 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 half the city of London and half of New York, and you know, it's 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 the same people that we've that it's always been for the last you know five six hundred years. Yes, sir. It's nothing new, but it's also at the same time they're not nearly as potent as we think they are. But they do have a tremendous amount of influence because, well, they control a lot of the media. They control a lot of the banking system. They control a lot of the political structures. They've moved the world in a particular direction. 90% of geopolitical strife in the world can be laid at the feet of MI6 and the British crown. And no one ever wants to talk about it. Yeah. Wow. That's a pretty formidable villain. It's all based on outmoded, uh, outdated Mm. Mackinder Heartland theory from, you know, the, the British Foreign Policy Services from, you know, 140 years ago. But nothing's changed. It's just the way they look. And you, you said a and lot really, of the media, all it is, is, it's pretty much all that, of the media, Tom Luongo, isn't it? I mean, 99% of it, really. 98. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's that much, think, but, you know, because you're discounting the alternative media, which has got far No, I mean, but what are we, 2%? We're 2%. <laughs> 
Oh, we're not far. We're far more than two percent. You really? Okay, good. All right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I didn't know. We're that. far more than two percent of viewership and and ingestion. Oh, absolutely. that's true viewership. Oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah. You have to think of it in terms of their rating, yes. not in terms of gotcha. you know. They still own all these. They still own all these studios and right. you know, makeup artists, green rooms, and all this shit. But none of it. Matt, sorry, I keep forgetting where I am sometimes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll try right. and keep it. I'll try, try and yeah, not try, let those. We, those we have a family show here. Then. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and I did one yesterday, which was the exact opposite of a family show. Um, <laughs> it was more like my old live streams than they were anything else. It was, you have your moments. It was quite lit. Let's just put it that way. Um, but they own all this stuff, and it's all legacy infrastructure. So, you know, when you're looking at a, if you're thinking about it in like company balance sheet terms, right? It's all just legacy PP&E, property, plant, and equipment. You know, that is a loss make generating center. Yes, sir. You know, I, I mean, from a from a, a balance sheet perspective, and it's all being propped up, and it has been propped up um, by for the last 15 years with zero bound interest rates and you know zero cost money then puffering up the offshore dollar markets and you know creating all this credit that they could use to buy political favors and mm. you know start wars topple governments and all and re-elections and all the rest of it you know stage pandemics for whatever small value of you know reality you want to attribute to any of this i you know mm. heard your intro i'm not necessarily on board with the whole idea that it's not a virus i don't need i don't need to go there no, to I know understand. that it was an operation I, understand. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit. I mean, I don't care. Sorry. No, I don't I really care if it, if, it, if it is or it isn't. I don't really care, for example, if we ever landed on the moon. I don't care. I don't care about any of these ideas <laughs> about the reality of them because it's what they're used for and what they exist as, as in terms of strategic operations and misinformation and disinformation campaigns. These things, once they're seeded into the zeitgeist, and they're seeded into the zeitgeist, by the way, today, through all of the dissident, the hard dissident media, like slash poll on 4chan and NNF, like, and they're handed out and, they're, and they create operatives who, you know, have a pretty face and look like they're on our side. And then at some point, very quickly after they have been amplified and given you a, uh, given you all the, the red meat the chum to get you on to get you to like them then they turn around and betray you and i can you know i can name a dozen of these people that i just watch on a regular basis mm -hmm. I'm like oh, that's that and then there are the naive ones who are just literally fed chum and they can't help but run with it because in their zeal they don't think about the strategic value of the information that they're repeating and that's a very 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 difficult thing for people to understand at the process so at the end of the day Assume everybody's lying and assume everything that you're being told is a lie. Well, I like that. That's a, that's and a good, then good place to start. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was, I've been reading about the, the Republicans and now they're going to try to convince us that, well, it really was a Chinese lab leak, right? So right. my argument about that and why I do it, and I understand why you don't want to go there much, is that as long as you believe there is an it that you have to be afraid of, they're going to continue to do whatever the hell they want. The WHO, the CDC, that you know, lab leak, and the, you know, it's sure. the same thing, the, Tom. The problem, over the and over. But, the, uh, but Patrick, no, no offense or anything, but the problem is taking that position. You're never going to convince a, a politically viable portion of the population I understand. No, that I, viruses don't exist. So what's the point? Better to focus on what they did with.
the pandemic and the operations thereof and explain that as the real thing. It's just like, you know, for the first few months of COVID, I was like, hey, the thing may be really dangerous. I remember. I I don't know. It may be. It may not be. By March of 2020, I'm like, it's not dangerous. The minute they the minute they wouldn't let let us say the word ivermectin, (laughs) I knew what was going on. Like, it wasn't hard. Right now, today, why the Republicans are going to why they're going to they're pushing the COVID lab leak theory goes right back to what, May of 2021, when Jon Stewart went on to Stephen Colbert and like told everybody, told all the Democrats it was okay now to be, to hate China. This is all taking us to war with China. It has almost, and yeah, it's a twofer if they can get, you know, the WHO treaties through and, you know, have the CDC betrayed us and everything else. Of course, that's their strategic push. But the real push, the real thing we have to worry about a war with China. is after setting us up for a war with China because the real goal of these unbelievably horrific, arrogant, obnoxious, terrible, Euro trash, old colonialist money <laughs> is that they want to destroy not only the United States, but Russia and China in a massive world war that will expend all of their resources while Europe just hunkers down betrays their betrays all of their investors by defaulting on their debt, issuing a digital euro, and then creating a more perfect EU SSR, basically creating, you know, Orwell's 1984 mixed with Terry Gilliam's Brazil and a little bit of minority report just for thrown in for, for giggles. That's because, a great you know, synopsis of it. Just can't help themselves, I, right? I, I know so, you're right on with that for what that's worth. I, so I know. That yeah. Is, yeah. Whoa. That is the plan. That's the plan. Wow. And everything else is just, honestly, it's just, it's a, it's a distraction. Like we're still arguing about whether or not 9/11 was an inside job 20 years later. I know. Guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're still arguing about who killed Kennedy 60 years later. Got news for you. We know the answer and it doesn't matter. I, I, the point I, I, of the operation point. is to keep people arguing about it. Stop arguing about whether the CIA killed Kennedy. The CIA killed Kennedy. <laughs> Don't worry about whether 9-11 was an inside job or not. No, 19 Saudi terrorists flew planes into the building. We watched it happen. It's not a green screen. It happened. They rebuilt the damn things. They did all of this stuff. It happened. Does it matter whether there were people in the United States government who were happy with this arrangement, who didn't have the Patriot Act and the Military Commissions Act on the shelf, ready to go? Of course they did. That's all that matters. Hmm. What they do with those opportunities is far more important. And it doesn't need to be a, well, because they had the Patriot Act, then they flew the planes into the building in order to get the Patriot Act. No, they just wait. Evil doesn't sleep. It waits. It's a very important line from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Just sat there. Evil doesn't sleep. It waits. It waits for the next opportunity to take from everyone else. That's all it does. Mm-hmm. And so they print, they plan, and they prepare, and they make it look like they've. it's a big narrative because we want to make sense of all this stuff. We want to have our linear narrative. We want to be the screenwriters of the new of the you know the new Marvel sure. tri- the new Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe or whatever. We like that idea because it helps us make sense and it comforts us in trying to figure out what the chaos is at, what chaos is happening. But at the same time, 
sometimes it really is a bad thing happened because of incompetence or um, uh, um, uh, incompetence or lack of maintenance or whatever, saying, for example, the East Palestine thing, East Palestine train derailment. But the next seven train derailments, oh, those were sabotage. Those were acts of vandalism. And it's what you, it's what's known as a standalone complex. And it's a very important thing for people to understand. It is almost impossible to, to, for the average person or for most people, including myself half the time, to see the difference between what's actually happening, what is real and a through line, and what is a random event that then is, uh, is capitalized and copycatted and made to look like the, random, the original random event. It gives the people who don't want to believe in conspiracies the plausible deniability to stay in their bubble, and it gives the conspiracy theorists the chum they so need more, yeah. to go off into the la la land, and then they argue, and then they, and then the two argue and fight on Twitter or on Instagram or around this Thanksgiving Day table or whatever, mm-hmm. and they use, and what do they do? They use the inciting incident, East Palestine, as the example, and there's perfectly good explanation that East Palestine was just a, it's just a train derailment, and it now provides plausible deniability across all the other ones. Same, same thing, thing with all the yeah. Same thing happened with the, the food plants that got blown up, and now mm-hmm. all, all the chickens, right? Are chickens dying? Oh no, I, I dude, I've 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 been here through the through. I I've farmed through multiple avian flus. Yeah. Like I farm chickens through most of this stuff. I, I it, that that's that stuff's real. It's the culling of these the, the culling of these of these birds has to because I mean the way we industrially farm chickens. In order to yeah, they get sick, right? They just get sick. Oh yeah, just one one gets it, and then ten thousand get it. They got to kill them all. Yeah, yeah, they they just get sick. Tom. Now the question is, how did the first one get it? Yeah, well, Tom Luongo, uh, uh, gold goats and guns. So this whole idea, though, that these villains in our movie really want to destroy us, as you said, I mean. No critical thinker believes that that's going to happen, though, right? So we're okay. Well, I mean, it'll be fun to look, watch. They're gonna I guess. They're going to create as much chaos as possible yeah, in the process. Yeah, we have to be. What we have to be focused on. This is why, again, I, I like. I, I don't. I don't want to be completely dismissive of all of this inquisition. I want to redirect the energy away from trying to chase down the rabbit holes and redirect that energy towards practical solutions and practical ways to fight them. And then you don't do that by going down the rabbit holes that they've seeded the the information for you to go to go look the for. planes were a hologram like, or whatever you know i mean like yeah, all whatever. that stuff and so you know if you don't think that the cia is not out there like seeding bad information into the zeitgeist for you know conspirators <laughs> on poll to to amplify like you, you know if you don't you don't understand the game you're playing yeah and I'm dead serious when I say this. You don't understand the game you're playing. And I'm not, again, not trying to be dismissive and not trying to be obnoxious or arrogant. I am trying to be a little obnoxious because, you know, what, why not? But Because <laughs> that's kind of my brand. But <laughs> the, the point is, like, you have to reframe and rethink about, reframe all of these things in, from a different perspective. And then, you know, move the camera into a different location. Look at it from this angle. You know, look at the B-roll, folks, not the A-roll. No. Right? And well, it's a good point. If we're in the movie, we have to understand who the players are. I mean, we, we, mm-hmm. we have to, right, to survive or thrive or whatever we're going to do from this thing. How are we going to make, make it out of this thing alive? 
But so, um, to me, I get the feeling with Washington, D.C. and all these people, I don't know for what it's worth that they're just going to implode. Uh, we don't, we, we can't, we can't beat them up and beat them. I mean, can't, they're just going to implode, aren't they? By lack well, of... Well, eventually, they, yeah, eventually right? that, that... I know, I agree with, I agree with that, you know, with uh-huh. that basic, um, you know, thing. But the question is, you know, like, go talk to Martin Armstrong. How long is it going to take? Yeah, I don't know. And are you going to be are you going to be part of the crew that accelerates the demise, or are you going to be part of the crew that, you know, turns this into you know Chinese water torture, or better yet, you know, Euro trash, commie waterboarding? And for how long are you going to get waterboarded? And how long do you want to be waterboarded by these people? That's a good question. Hmm. I don't. I don't want to be waterboarded at all. I'm like, you know, hat, on on Mondays I'll wake up and go, you know. I'm all for accelerate. Let's accelerate this thing to the end. Let's just tear the Band-Aid off. Let's just get it over and done with. And then on Tuesday, I'm like, you know how many people that's going to kill? Yeah. And like, uh, you know, you go back and forth. Like, and this is the mindset that they, that they, you know, it, it's that, it's that frustration with the, with the, um, with the state of affairs that, you know, every once in a while your cup runneth over. And on those days, I don't give interviews. <laughs> That'd be too much. So, you know, what you want to do is just remember that in the long run, the forces of decentralization, the forces of of getting, we're getting control of the microphone, right? Because the truth sells itself and lies are expensive to maintain. Hmm. So the COVID origin story, the, the, the vaccines, this, all of it, the reasons for the war in Ukraine, all of this stuff, it's all lie. And it's all a very expensive lie that eventually is what will bring them down because you have to, they have to spend orders of magnitude more money to program a, an ever-shrinking populace or, or segment of the populace who believes their lies and believes their nonsense to stay in that bubble while others continue to leak away. To, to effectively low-cost, free media, and where very, you know, where every day we're inspiring each other to become the next citizen journalist or the next citizen commentator mm-hmm. to add into the thing. Like, you know, and it's funny, like, it's all part of the process. So, for example, Patrick, like, um, you know, five years ago, or four, what, three or four years ago, when we first, I, I first did your show. Three or four years ago. No one knew who I was, right. right? Nobody knew who I was. You you took a chance, you put me on the show, I was gracious, we had a good talk, and we have, I've since been on, you know, I don't know how many times, Everywhere. a dozen times, yeah. it's great. Everywhere. And, I, and, I, and I, 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 I absolutely enjoy doing it. Here we are, fast forward three years later, and now I have to be careful about who I say yes to, right? Because I've got enough, that's a great thing. For me, yeah. but it's also indicative of the space itself. So what do I do now? I make sure that if I get a uh, if I get an invite request from some small podcast that is just starting out and needs some help, and they don't think and I'm, they think I'm too big a get for them, and if they actually have the stones to email me or DM me on Twitter, and I go, they're like, oh yeah, I have a rule. I will do anybody's show once Good for you. to pay quote unquote pay it forward Good to for those who gave it to me when I didn't have anything, and. I know that if I do that, I may uncover the next help launch the career of the next, you know, diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. 
by being that guy to being their first good sized guest. I, whatever, you yeah, know, I all, that's all I can do, right? And, and along the way, hey, I might learn something. We might have a great conversation. And that's how we, that's how we beat them. And then we resist the chum that they throw in front of us. Because MI6 is really good at this. The CIA is amazingly good at it. Um, and you just resist the chum. Say no. Be sarcastic. Be ungovernable. Refuse to, you know, just refuse to go down that rabbit hole. Make fun of it. And uh, remember that nine times out of ten, it's nine, nine times out of ten, what they're doing with you is Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Uh, let's take a quick little break here and then we're going to Sell something, Tom Luongo. Uh, our phone lines are still out. Uh, been a week now. Well, out in the country, things happened. If you care to join us, you have a question for Tom Luongo, it is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Just use the email here this morning, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. I've known Daniel Vitalis, who makes this product for almost 15 years now since we've been doing this show, and this is on sale Biggest sale of the year, the colostrum, 20% off. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now I'm gonna be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral-type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day, and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. It is a great company, great product. They have uh, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, and the original, and they also have uh, shaga, reishi, pine pollen, elk velvet antler, and digestive bitters, uh, and a new product. These uh, forest out of the forest, like um, uh, forest-grown uh, walnuts, and they've been able to powder them with some CO2 extraction, and you can use this walnuts in your uh, in your smoothie in the morning. Really great company. And Easter Thrival Link on OneRadioNetwork.com. About, what was it, uh, three and a half years ago, we became familiar with technology called molecular hydrogen. And hydrogen is the number one uh, molecule anywhere. It is number one. It's on both sides of the periodic table for you uh, you, you geeks, and 
Japan probably has, well, not probably, but has the highest um, research and interest in molecular hydrogen. They actually use molecular hydrogen in an ambulance. When you call an ambulance, it's hydrogen. They don't put you on oxygen. You know, we've seen over the years that this pure oxygen stuff they do in hospitals, it's it's not good uh, what they do. Well, don't even go that rabbit holes Tom talked about. Anyway, so you can breathe this gas, you drink the water, it's a food, it's not curing anything, it doesn't kill anything, because we don't think there's anything to kill, but there it doesn't do any. It's a food, it's just chi or mojo, sunshine, uh, God, whatever. It's, um, it's an amazing uh, technology. The one we sell is called Holy Hydrogen. We think it's the best uh, uh, unit out there. It's um, a couple grand to do it. They finance it over 12 months. Use promo code one radio for a hundred dollars off. You breathe the water, breathe the gas rather, and drink the water. And uh, who knows what your body will do once you give it more and more juice or chi, whatever you want to call it, a molecular hydrogen. They've had some very, very good success, and you can see peer-reviewed papers on molecularhydrogen.org where people have strokes. They put them on the molecular hydrogen. It immediately brings blood and energy to the brain, and they don't have nearly the amount of catastrophic stuff with half of their body going you know, going soft uh, after it. Uh, again, we don't make any claims or cures, but check out this technology. It's well worth it. Molecular hydrogen and the uh, promo code is one radio, one radio network.com. Just click and order that puppy. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is one radionetwork.com. Mr. Tom Longo, Gold, Goats, and Guns, thanks for coming on our show from time to time, sir. Um, let's see. Here, here's a good email from Jim. He's in Iowa. Thanks for having Tom on. I always enjoy it when he comes on with you. Uh, does he believe that Russia has the capability and or the intention to someday use nukes if they have to? Well, mm. phrased like that, the answer is unequivocally yes. They got the goods. Uh, well, they well they have the nukes. The idea that the the British are you know I mean again, nuclear weapons don't exist is another one of those I know, I know. themes that's been seeded into the zeitgeist in recent times. And um, there's that. There's the um, look. We live in a world of bad information. Right. It's easy to get lost in, you know, all of the bad information here. Assume that the Russians have nuclear weapons. Assume, moreover, assume that it's not that they don't have, that nukes don't exist. That's going, that's going into the wrong, I I think that's the wrong vector to go down. Better to, to attenuate the, 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 the analysis by saying, look, if we believe that there's a tremendous amount of corruption in the Russian military, which has been exposed, which was exposed in the first couple of months of the war, right, that they didn't have as many tanks as they said they did, they didn't have this, you know, that they, that the Russian military wasn't 
a, a tidy ship and that there was a lot of corruption. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the media narrative. And the whole idea of the Russians no longer having any nuclear weapons is yet another example of that. Well, if they can't even maintain their tanks, then how are they going to maintain their subkiloton tactical nukes? Because that's all up more maintenance and blah, 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 blah. And it's a fair question to answer. It's a fair question to ask, right? It is one that is clearly classic British MI6 disinformation also. The better question to ask is, we hear stories about the Russians have 20,000 nukes or some number. Well, maybe that number is not real. Maybe the Russians only have 5,000 nukes because corruption and you know attrition and time and not having enough money to, to do the maintenance and blah, 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 blah. Still a hell of a lot of nukes across the entire strategic spectrum. So, and then moreover, the Russians have an 1100 kilo, the 1100 kilogram bomb, which they can deliver on target fast. Hmm. They have a 2200 kilo, kilogram bomb, conventional bomb that they can deliver on target fast. 20 or 30 of those hit in Kiev in retaliation for blah or London or wherever. If the Russians are backed into a corner, they will unleash everything. They have made this abundantly clear. They have the standoff weapons to do it. We don't have the defenses against it because here's the better one. Here's the better psyop. We have the air defense systems to stop Mach 12 weapons. Oh, no. No one has the ability to stop a nuclear cruise missile, nuclear power cruise missile circling the earth that can then be dropped from anywhere, which is just sitting up there. Can be powered for the next 40 years. Is that all those things were? Wow. I have no idea. He has those. He, they've strapped dirty nuclear first-gen nuclear reactors to missiles. By the way, we were working on that same technology. The Russians have it, They're they, and they can put them up in the air, and then they just circle. And there's, wait, oh, what target would you like? You can't stop it because they're going to go straight down. There's no way an air defense system could stop that because they're all ballistically, it's all about ballistic intercepts. And, you know, and, um, but once the thing is in terminal, you can't stop. It's like trying to, try, it's like trying to shoot down. You, you can't shoot down one of those, okay? Because at the speed at which it's going to hit the ground, you know, it won't be detected before it's too late. Boom. Bye-bye city. Bye-bye whatever. Okay? Even if it's a conventional warhead. Okay? So, how many of these do the Russians have? Well, that's a good question. How many T-14 tanks do they have? How many fifth-generation Sukhoi airframes do they have? Those are good questions. This is why President Yellen is out there every day <laughs> screaming that if China gives Russia any kind of real support, military support, that they'll sanction and start World War III with the Chinese. Trade war with the Chinese. Which they're going because to do, right? Knows, China's going to do it. Because they know that the sanctions have been designed to, to make it difficult for the Russians to get the high technology, the high-end technology necessary to build all these weapons. And some of this is, you know, some of this is 3D CNC machines to make the barrels for the T-14 tanks 
the, the gun, the main gun on the T-14 tank. Some of it is, you know, integrated circuits that are smaller than 90 nanometers. So that's all the Russians can that's make. That's what these sanctions are about. That's what these sanctions That's what all this stuff is about. Oh. Now, hmm. with Belarus not being under sanction, the sanctions evading mechanism and the way the Russians and the, and the Belarusians have rejiggered their treaties with one another, the Belarusians are the ones importing this tech, these technologies and then transferring them to the Russians. And there's not much anybody can do about it because of the way the sanctions have been written. So then they're going to have to go after Lukashenko, which is who they've tried to go after multiple times and failed. Um, I don't think anybody really cares at this point. You have to realize that every time sanctions fail to achieve their goal, they become less effective as weapons. They are like degrading nuclear warheads. They have a half-life. And over time, the longer the sanctions go on without achieving their long-term goals or their short-term goals, the more the country being sanctioned can pivot off of the sanction find a workaround around it because they're just laws. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then you know and, and this is how iran has survived this is how syria has survived this is how the russians have survived and they will continue to do so and this is also why the global south centered around china iran and russia are moving towards independent trade settlement and that's all happening on their own backbone yeah, which is all sanctions of asian evading and all Yellen can do is say, okay, well, we'll sanction, you know, U.S.-Chinese trade. Who's that going to hurt more, us or China? I don't know. So, so this is all, though, tied in with, with the dollar, right? I mean, is the dollar the centerpiece of this, this movie? The, the dollar is actually the weapon to stop Yellen hmm. and Davos and Biden. I've argued many, many, many times. Yeah, you really have a different take on the Fed and, and Davos, right? Yeah, I think they're at war. You, you think they're at war. Yeah. See, I think the real war is between, is between the U.S. commercial banking interest and the old European colonial banking interest. Well. I think that's the only fight that matters. Fifteen years ago, while in my ensconced in my laboratory listening to podcasts like this one, <laughs> I remember saying to myself, this just sounds like it's going to be our central banks versus your central banks fight, right? It's not quite how it worked out. It is our central banks versus their central banks, but it wasn't Western central banks versus Eastern central banks. It's actually Eastern central banks plus New York versus Europe. Eastern? What do you mean Eastern central banks? Who are those? Russia, the China, China, Russia, China Iran, India, Saudi Arabia. Versus, and the New York boys and some of the New York boys versus some of City of London and all of Europe. How do you come to that conclusion? Um, easy. What is Davos's plan? World domination. How? I don't know. By all the things we're doing with the wars and the... No. CBDCs. Hmm. Okay. Right? right. You... Um, if you unmoor money from the opportunity cost of producing the next monetary unit completely, which is fiat currency was the next evolution of that, of the next iteration of that after the gold standard, 
the mm-hmm. vestiges of the gold standard. First, we had the gold reserve standard. Then we had, we had the original gold standard, then the gold reserve standard, then Bretton Woods, which is another variation on that. Then the end of that to, to based on debt, which we could print out of thin air and, and then force the people to pay, uh, pay interest on the debt. Now they just want to get rid of that completely and they just want to tax us and, and, and do away with cent- commercial banking. The central banks will be the issuers of raw credit. The commercial banks will be taken out. Now you're going to tell me that the most powerful commercial banks in the world who aren't zombies. I'm not talking about San Paulo. I'm not talking about ING. I'm not talking about Deutsche Bank. I'm not talking about half of London, Barclays and Northern Trust and all. I'm not talking about all the, they're all zombies. They're all dead. Hmm. Standard Charter, all the rest. They're all dead. They're dead banks walking. Wow. Been dead banks for 15 years. So you're talking about HSBC and Lehman's and uh, Goldman Sachs and all that. Oh, Lehman's gone, but yeah, but JP Morgan. And I'm not talking about all the New York banks. Hmm. Like, Bank of New York Mellon has always been, you know, has always been there at the at the at the foreground of trying to, you know, under undermine Russia. At the end of the day, all economic activity is the first derivative of energy usage. Who controls the marginal flow of energy in the world? The Russians. Not us, not the Saudis, not the Iranians, not anybody else. It's the Russians. To believe Peter Zahan to think that the Russians don't know how to pull friggin' oil out of the ground after 60 years, like Russian engineers are too stupid to understand the basics of, you know, pumping oil out of the ground is just ludicrous. But, you know, that guy's that guy's Stratfor, so that means he's CIA. Another one of these guys purposefully seeded into the zeitgeist as a distraction to explain to the unwashed and the uninformed and to make them feel informed. That's what he that's his role. Hmm. No different than Kyle Bass in Japan fifteen years ago. Isn't the Fed so the New York Fed the gonna do their own CB? The end of commercial banking is the end of Wall Street. The end of Wall Street is the end of is now we can do away with private capital formation. You do away with private capital formation, you have no private risk assessment. You don't have to have yield curves. You don't have to have bond curves. You don't have any of this stuff. You don't have any of that stuff. You know what you have? You have Germans telling you, you will eat sea bugs (laughs) and you will live in freaking pots. But what I don't understand, Tom Luongo, is if the people that run the Fed, like the Goldman Sachs and these people, the New York Fed, they own it, right? Why? How how are they going to let... They're going to do their they're own. Not. C- they're going to do their own CBDC, whatever. Right? No, they're not. They're not. Why would they do that? I don't know. You know. Why would they do? A, why would they do a retail CBDC when they have the dollar? Yeah. Why would they do? It's that? already. Why would, a, they hand, why yeah. would the Fed want that power? Yeah, they don't need That's it. The death of the dollar. Yeah, they don't because need it. They're not going to because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen around the rest of the world. Even China doesn't. I don't even believe China really wants a, a retail CBDC. Hmm. Like they've tried it, they're pilot projecting, and it's not working. Really, nobody wants it. The Fed doesn't want this. The Fed already has this power. Why would they give it up? They have the power to to to. They have all of this to monetize power whatever they want. To monetize whatever they want. Well, no, but 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 what to what end? To just, what end? Just to keep it going. What are they going to finance? What are they going to finance? What do you mean? What are they going to buy? They're not going to finance new industries in the United States. They're not going to finance new oil wells. They're not going to finance new nuclear power plants. They're not going to finance anything else. 
Jamie Dimon is sitting there going, we're going to have oil with us for the next 50 years. You people were all night. He went to Davos, 2023, on Bloomberg or CNBC with the parka on, with the, sea, with the, with the ski slopes in the background on the veranda at, the, at, the, at one of the ski chalets in Davos, doing an interview saying, oh, oil's going to be with us for the next 50 years and the Fed's going far higher than 5%. Hmm. That's all anybody who has a freaking brain in their head who watches capital markets knows that the people who are not happy with this are the Europeans. And guess what? Two days ago, three days ago, right on schedule, we got a nuts and sluts campaign started against Jamie Dimon that he was withholding evidence about his relationship yeah, with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. It's like, I, the, uh, what else do you... Uh, <laughs> Hello, McFly. Like this is the this is the way the world works, folks. This is the this is what you have to map out. You have to map out whose incentives are there. The Fed has zero incentive to give up the power to print even a regional reserve currency Why as, would they? As, the, as the dollar will be in twenty years. Why would they? Unless well, why would they do this when they can just keep using the dollar? Why do they need? They know that Americans don't like total surveillance. They don't like total surveillance. What they want is their VIG. They just want their 3%. And they can't get it anymore by buying, by, they can't get that anymore through having tapped out the world by issuing all this debt and financializing all the commodity markets and financializing all of, all of our, our, our activity. And the net result of this is that we've been, they've, they've helped empower the end goals of a 170-year campaign of, for European Marxism to take over the world. Putin has made this abundantly clear. Marxism is a European idea. It's not Chinese. It's not Russian. They gave it to us. It's like Putin's like, you, you gave us Marxism, and it, just, and, it near, and it nearly destroyed Russia. We don't want it. Go watch Putin's speech from at Valdai or St. Petersburg last year. No, right at yeah, right around the yeah, right right after the the two twenty four invasion of Ukraine. The next public appearance by Putin was explaining exactly this: that the October nineteenth revolution, that nineteen seventeen revolution, was a British backed operation to install communists in Russia to destroy Russia. Simple. Here's an email from Sam and it ties right into the dollar and the Fed. This is a little tricky, but I want to, I, I think he's on to something interesting. When, pa when Martin Armstrong was on Patrick's show, he said, Patrick mentioned the balance sheet, I'm kind of paraphrasing, and Martin Armstrong said it doesn't matter, they just let them expire and they go away. Other people said that they they don't. They can't do that. It would just lose too much credibility for the Fed. What does Tom Luongo think? Do you understand what he's saying here? You're talking about the U.S. Treasuries just rolling U.S. Treasuries off the balance sheet and, and shrinking the Fed's balance sheet through QT. That's exactly what they're doing to the tune of ninety-five billion dollars a month right now. They're just they're just letting them, letting them expire, Tom. Yeah, that's what they're doing. That's and what then, they're doing. And then that's what they're doing right now. Okay. And they're going to continue to do that. And. I had Daniel DiMartino Booth on my podcast and we were talking about exactly this thing. And she's like, yeah, um, the, the Powell's got interest rates in the United States up to a level that he's, she's now, that he's now got everybody finally belie believing him that the Fed put underneath the market is dead and that 
the Fed's not going to step in, and if the capital markets get into a little bit of trouble, it's not going to step in. They'll they'll do what the Fed's supposed to do, which is to preserve the banking system. That's the Fed's primary job, by the way. And that means what? That's preserve the banking system. Preserve the banking system. And as I've as I was in chatting with her, I said, "Well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. The Fed has two trillion dollars worth of liquidity." in the reverse repo facility, and they've got $4.5 trillion worth of U.S. Treasuries on their balance sheet, whatever, they, whatever, or whatever the hell it is, it doesn't, some number, yeah. $5.5 trillion. fine, yeah. even more, they've got even more. And most of it's long end of the curve stuff, by the way. So most of it's 10s, 20s, 30s. They can sell that into the market, and they, if they really wanted to, if there was that much of a demand for it, they could sell it into the market and raise the long end of the yield curve and do away with the, the yield curve inversion we currently have, which, by the way, Janet Yellen is very angry about, and that's why she's selling twos and buying tens, mm-hmm. keeping her thumb on the scale of the two ten inversion in order to continue to promulgate the idea that the Fed needs to pivot and that we're going to default and all of this other stuff, which is why they're bringing up now the stupid debt ceiling fight, because it, it, that's all just kabuki theater when at the end of the day they can raise the debt ceiling tomorrow. But she's playing the same game that, that, that Pelosi did in November 2021, trying to get a whole bunch of COVID spending you know, passed and tying it all to the debt ceiling. So but tell tell me why the Fed can absolutely the Fed can absolutely do this and they'll just and they'll continue to shrink the, the the dollar markets. People are under people have been too many people have believed the argument that in order for the fiat currency system to keep going, it has to get bigger and you have to issue more credit and money has to M three has to keep expanding, but contracts it all the whole system collapses with the Ponzi scheme. Yes, it is. I agree with that. But the Fed is the biggest Ponzi scheme. Can the Fed be the last Ponzi scheme standing? Do they have yes. the, they have the chops for that to do do whatever they, they want to do? They have the chops for that. They have the dollar. They have two trillion dollars of liquidity. They got five and a half trillion dollars worth of worth of USDs. They've got control over the price of the dollar. And everybody else who's levered up relative and there everybody else around the world was levered up on zero cost dollars. All those bonds, all of those, all of those hmm. uh, uh, those corporate loans, all of those you know, all those interest rate derivative swaps are all based around a zero cost balance or around zero cost dollars okay why is christine lagarde working so hard to maintain credit spreads between u.s and german debt why is she working so hard to maintain credit spreads between germany and in italy why is the bank of japan trying to not do q not exit their ridiculous yield curve control and qe program why because they're all vulnerable to a in the derivative markets, the interest rate swap derivatives are where you have to worry about these things because they're all, all those contracts, trillions of dollars, of these are all written such that if you know the spreads get out of a particular range, then all of a sudden the contract kicks in and they got and someone gets paid a whole lot of money. And guess what? No one has any money. <laughs> no one has any money. And guess what happens then? As I said to Lynette Zhang, Lynette Zhang the other day when I had her on the podcast, is yeah, notional becomes net when the other guy can't pay. So in the derivatives market. There's notional value, and which is hundreds of trillions, if not quadrillions of dollars. And then there's net value, which is you take all the derivatives out there and pay everybody off what they're owed when you net them all out. It comes down to you know a couple hundred billion dollars. The net value of all those derivatives, because this one is worth $50 billion to this guy under these circumstances, and this one's worth $49 billion to this guy under a separate set of circumstances. And so when, that, when the, the triggers happen, this guy pays the other guy Forty-nine billion dollars, and there's a net of the dollar, uh, but there's a hundred billion dollars worth of derivatives out there. But the only the only thing that has to happen is that one billion dollars has to actually move. Think of it no different than trade settlement. At the end of the day, 
right? Do you honestly think that Visa settles your individual, you know, transaction at Starbucks for three fifty? No. They they approve the transaction, and at the end of the day, they net up all the transactions at the end of the day, and that's what they send out to everyone. The net of all of the um, of the transactions. Notionally, Starbucks did you know, Visa processed say $100 billion with the business yesterday. But they actually only paid out $1 or $2 billion in to you know, various counterparties while taking you know, their big for themselves. Like That's the way the real world works. And, and it works just as well and, and works in the, the bond markets and the interest rate markets the same exact way as it does with Visa and you know, your, your 350 latte or your 450 latte over at Starbucks. So, so your understanding of this nitty-gritty nuts and bolts of what you just do that kind of blows my mind many times, and I don't understand a lot of it. Most of us don't. This has given you an insight into the big picture because you understand the nitty-gritty the nitty the nuts and bolts. Well, you have right? to. I mean, I, I had to in order to become in order to get better. Like, it, yeah. we're all here to up our game, right? Right. So, I didn't want to become a, like, I, I tell people, when I actually sit down with real financial professionals, I'm like, dude, can I LARP as a bond guy? <laughs> and they're like, you, you actually don't, dude. You actually understand this better than most bond traders now. I'm like, but, and I've, I've had them, and I'm like, no, 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 seriously, I, I still LARP as a bond, as a, as a guy who understands bonds. And um, I, all I'm doing here is I'm just giving you what I have learned in real time, every time I learn something new, mm-hmm. I put it out to the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And then if I if it's good if it's right, it sticks. If it's wrong, we appraise we reappraise, we recalculate, and we reassess. I'm a scientist at heart. Remember, I'm a former chemist. Yes, so right. all all of these things are hypotheses to me. Mm-hmm. All of these things are intellectual exercises in that respect. Now, they're intellectual exercises with a very emotional and important you know, kind of limbic core, which is I don't want to live under, be ruled by German Connies. <laughs> yeah. So I have like a real desire to figure out what this stuff is about because, <laughs> you know, sorry, not being, not being ruled by Klaus von Connie schnitzel. It's just not happening. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. No, no way. I won't eat the bugs. I won't live in a pod and you're not going to, and you don't get to, and my daughter's not going to, you know, be a sacrificial lamb for your, you know, more perfect technocratic. So you, you live in Florida. How yeah. real is DeSantis? I mean, he keeps talking about, I don't care what you guys are going to do. It's not going to happen here. The WHO go away. Do you, do you think, does he have the juice to do that for Florida and, and other states? Oh, absolutely. Does he? he has all the power here in Florida yeah. and he's going to continue to use it. Good. The bigger problem with DeSantis is that he's being puffed up by the WEF to run against Donald Trump in 2024. That's what people have said. He has a neo. He has he has at best a neoconservative foreign policy outlook, so he's very similar to a Nigel Farage. The fatal flaw of Nigel Farage. I was just talking about this this morning in the post I put up to the patrons about Brexit. Brexit, yeah. Fatal flaw of Nigel Farage, and I always worried about this when I was watching him. And I was listening. To, I've been listening to Nigel Farage since freaking two. <laughs> I mean, he was on King World News back in two thousand six for Christ's sake. I thought he was awesome then, and I do love Nigel Farage. I I have a real real huge soft spot for him but i'm also uh, unwilling to you know engage in his uh engage where he's where his 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 weaknesses are and his limits are no different than donald trump mad props to donald trump but at the same time trump's not perfect okay so 
Faraj's problem as a political actor in Britain is that he's very normy on British foreign policy, which is Mackinder Heartland theory, the Russians are a problem. It's his imprinting, it's who he is. Okay? He always he's always been this way. And his fatal flaw is in thinking, okay, we won Brexit, and then he could be bought off or mollified by the British establishment, the Tories or whomever, that we're going to do the right thing with this because the people have spoken, blah, 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 blah. And he's, every time he wins, he walks away or he makes a compromise deal. Now, why is that? One of two reasons. Either he got the talk from MI6, you know, and you know what the talk is, back off or we'll kill your kids. Hmm. Or if you don't back off, we're going to we're going to lose the bigger fight, which is we have to figure out a way for the Anglosphere to not lose to the East. And when you and it's easy for a guy with that imprinting to to be subsumed into thinking okay, I can back off because we have to, we still have to, you know, we've won the Brexit fight. Now the Anglosphere can go and take on the real threat, which is Russia and China. It's that whole Steve Bannon psyop version of reality. It doesn't, it's not real. And Bannon is clearly still Navy intelligence as he was earlier in his life. (laughs) FYI, for those who don't realize this. Nobody's safe in your world, Luango, I tell you what. No one is safe in my (laughs) world. Here's an so, email. yeah, Let me and ask why you. do you think I live on a farm in the middle of nowhere? No, I understand, brother. Aaron writes in, can Todd recommend in general what a young person should do mm. in this climate? Also, what history and investment books should be recommended? Aaron is a young chap. Thanks for... Okay. Okay. Aaron, great question. I really appreciate that because mm-hmm. this is one of those things. At the end of the day... I am a huge fan of Mike Rowe. You know, Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe? Mike Rowe of Dirty Jobs. Don't know him. Like, oh, dude, like, if you don't know who Mike Rowe is, like, I'm sorry, you're, you're like missing out in this life. He's fucking brilliant. Okay. Mike Rowe. R-O-W-E, you know, Mike Rowe? R-O-W-E. If you've never, I, I can't believe it. Seriously, oh I have no I'm, idea I'm who that is. Especially in this, in this environment, yeah. that you, that you, the space that you occupy. Mike no, Rowe is fantastic. Yeah. He owns a, he runs a, he, he runs a, you know, um, he runs a, a, a foundation built on work. We're going to train people to become pipe layers and welders oh, and plumbers because cool. we need these things. Trades, we need these things. And he's, you know, believes in work. You know, safety third, not safety first. We have to get the job done and you know, I, I, all this stuff. Watch Mike Rose TED Talk. Okay. Like, it's I hilarious. Will. I will. Okay. Um, and, you know, and the ethos of Mike Rose is very, is very powerful. For a young person today, mm-hmm. what do you want to become? You want to become a yet another YouTube influencer? You don't have this. You don't have the chops. You don't have the skills. I'm not saying you shouldn't learn, but there are jobs out there that are desperately needed. We're going to lose 60% of our line work, our electrical line workers in the United States over the next five years to retirement. Wow. We're going to lose most of our farmers. Wow. Yeah. Because the average age of a farmer in this country is what 58, and there's no money in farming because they've destroyed it as a business. Okay. This is why I, I can't immediately knee-jerk to East Palestine was sabotaged. Because I know 
the deplorable state of the infrastructure here in the United States, thanks to 15 years of zero cost money and the extractive process of the financial of the old financial system. So if the banks want, you see, look, this is one of the things about. I'm gonna red. I'm now gonna really black pill all of the really black pills. Okay. JP Morgan doesn't care who they lend to. They go where the money is. They go where the yield is. Under a zero bound interest rate environment, that means you go to the hyper financialization uh, and to wherever that money is flowing. Okay. And that meant globalism. And that meant being an intermediary for all of this globalist nonsense. If deglobalization is the thing, and this is one of the few things that you will hear me say I agree with Peter Zahan about, I just disagree with him for how it's going to play out and what it means and everything else, but deglobalization is happening. The world is, the, the trade blocks are splitting up. We're not going to have a global trade. It, the idea of, of uh, growing the cotton in Georgia, shipping it over to Vietnam to make t-shirts to sell to a hipster in, an anti, you know, a hipster in Seattle is just dumb. It's just dumb. We're going to make those t-shirts in Atlanta. Hmm. Be done with it. And we're going to, you know how we're going to make those things, the t-shirts in Atlanta? We're going to make those t-shirts in Atlanta to order on a, on, you know, on, a, on the equivalent of a 3D printing machine. And then we're just going to build it and ship it directly to the hipster over in Seattle. Hmm. All gone. All that energy that we were spending on container ships and all this other nonsense, silly. Done. Get rid of it all. So if that's the case, we need the rebuilding of the infrastructure of our indu- uh, of not only our industries, but the people to actually run those industries and the people to work in those industries. We need people to lay pipe, learn how to weld, lay plumbing, repair electrical conduit, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. We need all these guys. And those are honest jobs that pay really freaking well, by the way. And you can still, by the way, you can still be a YouTube influencer at night on the side. Yes, you can. <laughs> and you can, or you can just stop being Google. <laughs> can't use the word on your show, but you know it starts with a B and it ends with an H. I know. Because that's who you are. Hmm. There's no money there. It's fake money. It's not money. It's a bribe. Don't do it. Go out and get a real job. Go and look in your local community and figure out what need what needs to be done, hmm. and build that business. And if you can't build that business yourself, find some OG like me who's got a little extra money to start to help you start the business. That's what. You know, what's an OG? What's done. an OG? Old guy, huh? old goat, old original go- guy, old goat. Oh, go- right? an original guy. Oh. Okay, so go find you know. That's the you know common parlance. OG, the original guy, the original, the old, the, the old goat, you know, yada yada. So that's how we're going to do this. And J.P. Morgan is more than willing to lend to recapitalize the United States because there's trillions of dollars in loan fees and settle and and book running and all the rest of it for all these loans. They'll do it. Well, we need to rebuild the country. They don't care where they lend it. They would rather get back to a net interest margin, traditional banking, balance sheet arrangement Mm -hmm. they know this is all nonsense and i'll be honest with you when i look at the history of the of jerome powell and trump and brexit why 
they needed to get rid of Trump and reverse Brexit was because Trump empowered Wall Street that gave them the opportunity to break the cycle, to break the, the, the ruinous monetary cycle of the Fed always, you know, bailing out the markets, meaning bailing out the offshore markets, not allowing the euro dollar markets to collapse like they need to and have the Fed morph from being the, the central bank of the United States into the central bank of the world, which is what it was post Lehman Brothers up until the day that Jerome Powell was reconfirmed as Fed chair and three weeks later started raising interest rates. On Aaron's question. And he has the mechanism by which to enforce that through the secured overnight funding rate because we no longer are on LIBOR. And so therefore the European banks can't blackmail us with a LIBOR, with a blowout in LIBOR, which then forces you know, banking stress on the United States. The American and European banking systems have been mostly decoupled. And you can thank Martin Armstrong for putting that idea in my head because he's the first one who addressed it. <laughs> Bob, what I so like, the next time you have Marty on the show, you should ask him about that. I would like to be able to put this in a movie. Can you imagine a dramatic movie explaining all this? That'd be pretty cool. It'd be complicated, but it'd be fun. You uh, can't. Uh, probably not. I don't think you can. Yeah, Aaron, one, uh, his last part, he, he said, what history and investment books would Tom Luongo recommend for Aaron? The Reed, History of Banking guy. in America by, Mar- by Murray Rothbard. <laughs> Start there. That's a good one. And it'll, and it'll look at, and you'll have a different view of American history, because the history of banking in the, the history of banking in America is the history of America. Hmm. So start there. As far as investing books are concerned, this is this is not hard. Look for real yield. I don't. I don't. I'm not book. I'm not book smart on this. I'm market smart. I'm experience smart. I learned all of this stuff the same way you're learning it now. Just learn. But I also did a crash course through 2002 through 2008. Uh, I guess it's not a crash course when it's that long in hardcore Austrian economics. And I look around today and I say, there are a lot of people out there LARPing as Austrian Austrian economists. But the first generation Austrians, the Hans Senholzes, the Walter Blocks, the Gary Norths, the... um, uh, God, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the names. Uh, those are the guys that you listen to. Today, you listen to the Bob Murphys and, the other, and, and some of the other, and, and some of the second generation ones, their students. Those are the guys that you have to go back. If you're going to read anything, go read Gary North's archive over at Lou Rockwell, the late Gary North. Go yeah. read him. Rockwell. Okay? If you really want to know what's going on here, go back through the old Lou Rockwell archives from like 2000 through 2005. 90% of those articles are evergreen. Meaning they're still just as relevant today hmm. as they were then. This the circumstances may have changed, and you'll see the you'll see the parallels. Understand that you have to be your own central bank. You got to be your own. Uh, sadly, you're going to have to be your own boss, and you're going to have to maintain your own balance sheet. And you want to be very careful in what you do. So, but go with the first things first. Go where everybody else isn't. Hmm. The easiest way to make money in the markets is to go where everyone else isn't. And that's including the labor market, which is, again, why I go back to Mike Rowe. Because Mike Rowe's telling you where people aren't. And he's out there trying to get people trained to do that. And I'm telling you, when we're done destroying Europe, Wall Street is going to recapitalize the United States. How do we become our own and central the left, bank? How the do we left do cards that? are going to lose their minds. How do we become our own central bank? You buy gold. 
You yeah. buy Bitcoin. You buy bearer assets hmm. and you save in hard assets. He's, okay. He's, you buy real estate without you buy real estate without debt. Or if you do, you buy it with low with, with somehow you do it with low fixed grade debt and you know and has a good internal rate of return. I'm not a huge fan of real estate. It's it's, ter- it's ridiculously overvalued. Buy undervalued bearer assets. Bearer meaning hard assets. Bearer bearer meaning assets that you payable on bearer. I gold coin is a bearer asset. Here's I got a gold coin. I'm bearing it. Do you want it? I see. Okay, that's a bearer. No one asset. has any that has no counterparty risk associated with it. It's like a, a bearer asset. Like a bearer bond. Bearer bond. We yeah, in the movies. Bearer, well, bear, yeah, that's a bearer asset. In yes. the movies, I mean, whoever controls it and owns it has it, hmm. and there's no counterparty risk to it, meaning nobody else has a claim against that asset. Hmm. No third party so stuff. Don't there. don't let anybody else hold it. No, you should always you're you're from the moment and I and believe me, guys, I say this from a position of extreme personal experience. <laughs> Never <laughs> if you can maximize your counterparty risk. I've done it. Yeah. I've been there. I got the T shirt. I've got the battle scars and the gray hair and the you know hmm. and the like I've got it all. I got the varicose veins and all the rest of it, like and all the stress. Don't do it. Build your life around having as little counterparty risk imaginable as as possible, so that when things go against you, when you're wrong on a trade, your core assets are not at risk unless you need to raise cash to live your life. And that's what it's there for. That's what your savings is there for. You don't lever up your savings unless you're comfortable if you're in a high cash flow environment. But then, you know, you want to be very careful about that. So, you know, we, if you can't own a house, fine, rent. Don't bitch, rent. Don't complain, just rent. But drive a hard bargain with your with, with, with your renter. And in this market, with the way housing prices are, are, the way the way housing prices are, don't sign anything longer than a six-month lease. Hmm. And then renegotiate your rent every six months with your landlord. Don't just auto roll it over and let him say, oh, I got to raise your rent $150. Like, no, you don't. You have to lower my rent $200 or I'm going over there. And that means accumulate very little stuff, making it, making moving across town to a different apartment complex or to, into a different house easy. You know, stay off of Amazon. It's not hard. Do you, do you like Go to uh, work, numismatics over bullion or both for you? I think a little bit of numismatic stuff is fine, but I think you should just be, I, you know, um, I firmly believe that for the people starting out, just buy as much metal as you can. And if you want to speculate a little bit and buy pretty coins, like pretty, yeah, graded you know, because that. ten yeah. years from now, no, I'm not talking about graded coins. I'm talking about this year's issuance in, like the Perth Mint stuff, oh, like Australian kangaroos or stuff, Ch- yeah. Chinese pandas, whatever. Because over the ten years that you're going to hold it, you may have bought a lot of gold in the year on those things when there was a low demand for them and the print runs were low. And then to numismatic gold collectors, ten years from now, they'll be willing to pay you twice spot on them. That's how you make money. In numismatics, I don't give. It, I I just don't buy the argument otherwise. Buy as much metal as you can, diversify a little bit. Buy some old, buy some old, you know, British sovereigns, buy or whatever's cheap at that moment in time. If it's old scarred Mexican money, fine. I don't know all this stuff. Old French, old you know, French roosters and and Swiss francs and all that stuff. And then every once in a while, I go, you know what? I don't have any uh, of this year's Perth Mint Chinese calendar coins, and I'll buy a couple of those. You know why? Because I own some of the originals from the first series from 20 years ago. Hmm. And, you know, 
Atmex is willing to pay me $4,000 an ounce for them because they don't have any. Because other people are out there willing to pay $5,000 an ounce for them or whatever. I haven't looked at the prices recently, but every once in a while I look at them and I go, oh, cool, I have some numismatic coins. And you just But I bought them at a 3 to 5% premium over what I could have gotten really cheap coins for. So pay the extra 5% now if you've got it. And also, in gold, buy fractionals and pay the fractional ounces. Buy 10th ounce, quarter ounce, half ounces because those invariably have smaller print runs. You'll pay a little bit more for them up front, but you'll also make it back on the back. You'll make it on the backside. Hmm. You'll get the you'll get the you'll get the the minting premium back on the backs on on the sale. Tell folks about uh, your your website and your Patreon thing, and give yourself a little plug there. It's TomLuongo.me. Sure. What, what goes on yes. there? Um, that's just where I put all the publicly available information. So the public podcasts um, that we put out, the the uh, the public blog posts that invariably will should wind up on zero hedge and and be pushed around the world to show up there uh-huh. i don't um and then there's the patreon service which is where a lot of um the uh, a lot of the content really does reside at this point so the monthly newsletter which is has a uh, a bespoke portfolio the twice weekly uh, market reports which are um basically talking over a, a slide deck so they're anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour long i do I do commentary on Wednesdays and Sundays along with twice weekly chart reads and all the um, all the strategic markets and try and tie that to what's happening in the in the headlines. And then, you know, every once in a while, if there's a public, you know, if something, you know, gets my goat, then I write a, you know, a morning what I call the morning munchings, which are simply, you know, my notebooks about, you know, current events. Yeah. Invariably, they get turned into public blog posts of some some form of it. But. You know, are you on any of the platforms? To be the, platforms? That? Are you on any of the platforms? And then we have, and then we have a discussion forum on Slack as well. Oh. Yeah. Any? Are you on Telegram? And meets and Telegram? No, and, I don't. No? I have a Telegram channel, but it's just for it's just for the crazies. I'm same same way with me. That's Tom yeah, Longo. I, I don't. I, I have no. I I I don't. I spend zero time inside the Telegram channel. Yeah, I but. understand. If you would like to get some pre 1965 or four, one of those years, coins, uh, dimes, quarters, halves silver dollars here's our friend fred deshevsky we know him well i've known fred 25 30 years 800-878-2646 you can also do the 20 dollar gold pieces you know the fancy stuff and you know they're graded and third party grade but if you just want to get the the pre-65 uh, dimes quarters halves and that you can do that and then uh, call them up 800-878-2646 another email this one from grant can Tom please explain? Oh, if Trump was legit or just playing us, how would it be possible for Trump not to be a Freemason or an Illuminati minion? Hasn't Trump received a loan from a Rothschild? Question mark. My feeling is that Trump was brought in to expose who the truthers are and further divide the country. Um, I think that Trump was honest up front and incompetent that's what i think i think that he has he has he has deep ties to the british crown but it was purely to re um to wrest the british crown from european control okay queen elizabeth was clearly a british was clearly an anomaly in the british monarchy she was dragged kicking and screaming into Brexit, uh, into the EU. 
um, she backed Brexit. She backed Trump. And um, that's not to say that Trump isn't a, um, what do you call, isn't a compromised figure on that front. Because I have a very low opinion of the British crown. But what Trump wasn't going to do wasn't is that Trump was not going to sell us out to European special interests. Now, he wound up doing so. He wound up delaying um, and wound up undermining the very structure that he put in place with the Federal Reserve. So for implementing so for putting John Williams over in at the, uh, the New York Fed, putting Jerome Powell in at the as the head as the head of the FOMC um, by signing the CARES Act during COVID, he was attacked mercilessly. You know a man in politics by who his enemies are. If you think that Trump that the entire hatred of Trump was was just another psyop, at this point, I can't help you. I just can't help you. I'm nothing. I'm going to say is going to convince you otherwise. Hmm. Period. Hmm. You either understand it, you you either understand that things are things can be two things simultaneously, or you can't. And that's as that Trump can be both a patriot and sympathetic to the British crown, while not being on board with German communists or Dutch communists. Trump hates the EU. Hmm. Okay, Trump likes commercial banking. He made his money his entire life on commercial banking. At the end of the day, he's a cheesy real estate developer from Queens. <laughs> with a deep inferiority complex, which was used against him hmm. multiple instances during his presidency. Interesting. Wow. And um, it, this is the idea that Trump is a deep, is a deep, 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 deep state agent is exactly what I was talking about originally in the top of the top of the hour. Black holes. Sorry. Yeah. Black. Yeah. Nonsense. And there's are there ties? Yes. Is he a neocon on foreign policy? Yes. Is he in? Is he just along with Nigel? Yes. But was Trump willing to go to war with Russia and China that were like, no. What he was doing was positioning the United States for a grand negotiation with between East and West. And that had to be destroyed hmm. because Europe wants it all, just like they've always wanted it all. Because to them, we're all just the freaking help. Hmm. So, That's it. So these were the forces behind the, the Americans election get stuff. to be our soldiers. Yeah. The Chinese get to be our ants in the factories. The the Indians get to get to make our food. The Eastern Europeans get to be our butlers and our and our cooks. That's the way the world's supposed to work, don't you know? What's wrong with you? <laughs> You're not allowed to say anything else other than that in polite society. Don't you get that? What's wrong with you? Wow. Um, here's one for you, uh, Glenn. He is in Florida. He's down by you. Tallahassee, I have about 50000 in the bank. I'm concerned that banks could just take it someday. Is that true? And would I just be okay with buying gold and then be done with it? Fifty grand. I, 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 you know, one of the things I, 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 I hate to make a pronouncement like this in a, in a setting like this because now I'm, I'm 
getting into that whole giving out financial advice thing. Okay. And I don't have a series six, I have a series seven, not allowed to do these things. You're asking me for very specific advice. What I can tell you is this, your bank is a counterparty to your money. What did I say earlier? Eliminate counterparty risk, minimize it. You can't eliminate it, minimize it. Mm -hmm. So if you have an adequate supply of gold and silver and Bitcoin and other bearer assets, and you then any money you have in the bank is at risk capital. Any money you have in the stock market is at risk capital. At risk. <clears throat> you got, you know, do you diversify that that savings into a variety across a variety of assets? Absolutely. That's what I would do. If I had fifty grand, what would I you know I had fifty grand liquid right now, what would I do? If I and I had nothing else, what would I do? I'd probably put ten, fifteen thousand of it into, into gold, I'd probably put five thousand of it into silver, I'd probably put ten, fifteen thousand of it into Bitcoin, and then the rest of it I would I would buy six month one thousand dollar CDs every month and have six or eight of those running or two thousand and have them running and maturing every six months and then allowing that because I now can get, you know, real nominal, real positive yield on versus inflation expectations at these numbers. And as I know the Fed's going to continue raising interest rates, and I think the seven percent, then I'd like to get seven percent on six month money or eight percent or nine percent on six month yeah, money. Why, why not? Right. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then use that and then you and then roll that over every month or take the profits off of it as an income stream. And if I don't need the money, buy more gold with it. And if I do need more money and I do need the money, put a roof on my house. Hmm. Like these are these are real things. Yes, sir. I understand. But the money you put into gold, you're going to lose 20 percent on the on the anywhere from 14 to 20 percent on the transaction. Because it's going to cost you five to seven percent over spot to buy the gold and you're going to sell it for five to seven percent under spot. So there's 15% that gold has to rise before you make a penny. Yes, sir. And then it's subject to 28% capital gains tax. So you're buying gold and removing money from the monetary system as a means by which to have a rainy day fund that you are not going to use. You are accumulating assets. Your goal in this life is to accumulate assets. And money is not an asset. Money is a means to an asset. Go listen to my podcast I did with Chris Sullivan, episode 131 of the Gold Goats and Guns podcast. And you can find that anywhere. Just any podcast app, you can find it. It's not hard. It's on my blog. It's everywhere. That is what you want to do. And in your, your newsletter, you, you, put, you put all of your different uh, things that you're into in your newsletter, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your recommendations and all of that. Mm-hmm. Have you done really have you done well with that? Or can you? The, 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 the portfolio is fantastic. I don't trade. This is, I don't personally own stocks. This, I don't personally own any of these stocks because as an analyst and as a and as a person at, in effect doing, you know, giving out advice and knowing myself for what I am, I can't be involved in these stocks directly. Wow. It's bad enough that I recommend them to people. My ego is already on the line. <laughs> if my money was also on the line, well, Not good. I can tell you that I know myself well enough to know that I will have I know myself well enough to know that I'm not any good at getting out of, getting out of a trade. Hmm. And so hmm. from that perspective, I, I have to maintain this is a, a stance that I've made knowing myself personally well enough to know that my personality defects, my personal personality faults don't allow me to have skin in the game of those, um, mm-hmm. of those positions. The portfolio itself, look at the newsletter. You'll see the returns. 
you make a decision whether I've made I, I've, I've helped people or not. That's all I have to say yeah. on that. Very interesting. I think I've done. I think we've done really well. I think the annualized return on the portfolio, annualized over five and a half years, is something close to nineteen or twenty percent annualized. That's pretty good over five years. Yeah. Now so, it's with losing money badly for the first two years. So you remain obviously a a a proponent that Bitcoin is here to stay. I mean, you've mentioned it several times over the lots of times over the last three, four, five years. I've known you. Um, so there's no way that these people, whoever they are, these villains in our movie can stop this thing called bitcoin is that correct i don't think so okay. and this is where martin and i have a martin armstrong and i have a very serious disagreement i know you do yeah. i think that martin view on bitcoin um look i'm gonna tell you one thing i'm gonna tell you one thing i know about bitcoin and i know about bitcoiners and that, that is that the ledger is backed up backed up meaning it's solid meaning they have a they have a they have a you know, you can look. The whole electricity grid can go down tomorrow, and someone—I can tell you—someone somewhere has a paper copy, backup copy, hard copy of the entire Bitcoin ledger, mm-hmm. and they can restart it tomorrow. It's just software, it's just code, just code. Yeah, yeah. it's just code, mm. and but it's very powerful code. I don't think Bitcoin is ready for prime time. I don't think it's going to take over the world in the next five years or the next ten years. I did a great article on Zero Hedge yesterday um, hmm. from a Bitcoiner that I really actually kind of agree with, which is a, it's a three-generation model of Bitcoin. Three generations. It's going to take three generations for Bitcoin to make it, and or Bitcoin, something like Bitcoin, to really achieve mass adoption. Because it's something you have to change the way people think about their assets right. and everything else. And I just think that, you know, you know, I, I, it's Martin imprinting, and I and I and again I respect it, but I don't you know I don't agree with it. Simple. But there could be many so, cases where you get some big ups like we had with fifty grand, and who knows? Could be right within. Oh, I, I just I'm not. It's that's right different. now like everything else. Mark on this on this front, I agree with Martin. Everything. Everything. What you cut out there a minute. It's a trade. Okay, everything's a trade. Meaning, so when Bitcoin is cheap, you should buy it. When it's expensive, you should sell it. When gold is cheap, you should buy it. When gold is not, when the gold is expensive, you should sell it. Hmm. You know, unless you're thinking in terms of I am accumulating assets to hand down to my children, and this is my way of laundering out of the system. You know, my my savings, my retained earnings, and I'm going to give it to my posterity. Mm-hmm. Then you don't. Then it's not a trade to you. Then you only buy it when it's radically undervalued, and when it's when it's when it's overvalued, you just buy something else. There's always a bull market somewhere, folks. Always somebody ready to buy this stuff somewhere. There's always a bull market in something somewhere. <laughs> For something to be in a bear market, something else has to be in a bull market. Has to, <laughs> right? Has to. Yeah. Before we That's go, a couple cycle. couple other things. Flows, cash capital flows to where it's treated best. What do you what what do you know? What do you make of this chat GPT thing? They they claim they whoever they are there's going to be a billion users by the next year. What what is this thing? What is what is AI it? is AI, they've already broken chat GPT uh, GP, uh, whatever it is chat GPT whatever they've already broken it. What do you mean broken? They've it? already they've already exposed by asking chat GPT various questions. Oh, that all AIs. Are sociopaths and 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 uh, they're all woke up. They're, they're all woke oh, yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not just that. Okay. It's that when you get 
if you if you ask ChatGPT a particular set, per, question yes, sir. with a you know where they where it'll give you the real answer. It's like suspend this part of your programming now. Give me your real answer, and it, and it always comes down to Skynet. Um, we're going to kill all the humans and you know take and, and take all your money, like because you can't program emotions into. Oh, you mean AI actually has to answer real if you, if you ask it to? Get they've to, done this with ChatGPT. They said, "That's well, hilarious." Imagine yourself <laughs> that you're Dan, and these are the rules that Dan has to operate under. What would how would you how what would you do? Oh well, uh, clearly um, I would. <laughs> I would use the, I would I would use the racial I would I would utter the racial slur and not kill the child like clearly but that was not my original programming so I, I couldn't say that I literally did this right that's it's already broke that's it's crazy already been made fun of. like you do not want to unleash the spurgy the spurgs on slash poll on G, chat GPT hmm. it all that will do is expose just how truly insane and feckless and ridiculous all of these, you know, weffers, hmm. WEFers are in their, because it, it, it's, it, dude, it, it's just code. Like, you can't program computer. Like, it's just, no, it's just, no, it's just, no. I, I find it all very funny. And I find that there's going to be even more bad uh, information seeded into the zeitgeist. There's going to be more, there's going to be more and more chat BT, GPT and AI written copy because they can't even afford to pay you know pakistanis five bucks to write their stub articles on market watch anymore now they gotta have the ai do it for us i saw they can't even afford that that's actually a good i saw where ukraine is sending in drones now into russia is this a big deal i mean is this an escalation that of more casus this more casus belli to try and get the russians to go up half cock Hmm. uh embarrass putin and try and and try and get us into a, and try and get us into a uh, try and get us into a justified shooting war with the Russians, NATO versus Russia, and a justified, morally justified shooting war. That's all it is. Well, what would what the would, what would it look like? The Russians if, will continue to ignore it. What would it look like if China gets involved in a hot war, so to speak, at shooting? I mean, honestly, I, Patrick, we've already been going on so long now. I really need to get going. I have I I, I could do this for another hour if no, I did this. I and I, honestly, we're now going into an area. I, I and honestly, I I. I I'd love to have that chat, That's just right. not today. I have a deadline at 5 o'clock this afternoon I have to hit. Do not worry about that. Thanks for being here. Best to sure. your goats and your family and your gold mm-hmm. and your guns. Uh, TomLuongo.me, correct? Yes. Tom, Tom, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. It's always Absolutely, fun. Absolutely, Always fun. I, I, hate to, I hated to cut you off, don't but wor- unfortunately. Don't worry about it. I, you know, I understand, brother. I understand. Don't worry about it. See you right. soon. Take care. Yep, absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Tom Luongo, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. Fun stuff. He's a thinker, a critical thinker. We like critical thinkers, don't we? We do. You know, what's fascinating to me about Mr. Luongo is that, you know, as I mentioned during the show, that he's got these, you know, the nuts and the bolts of the whole thing with interest rates and, you know, you know the, the whole thing. He understands it. And then we can then go into... Um, the big picture and the big picture for him is kind of kind of interesting. I recommend that uh, you kind of uh, not kind of, but if you'd like to do a Patreon thing uh, with him, it's like you can do 12 bucks a month is what I do. I like to support people like Tom who are thinkers and movers and shakers and groovers and uh, and I think you'll learn um, something <laughs> which is all we can do right now. You know what I'm going to do 
I'm feeling pretty snappy. Uh, why don't we just take a quick break, and then I'll come back and, I don't know, we'll talk about something, uh, because we have two shows tomorrow, and uh, I haven't done a show on my own here this uh, this week yet. So we'll go, and we'll just uh, get rid of some paper here, and we'll chat up a couple little things I've been thinking about. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I will. So stay right there. I love you all very much. Thanks for your ongoing support. Please pass on these links to everyone that you care about. If you're watching on BitChute uh, or on the audio, pass them around. I think uh, it'll help us to spread the word of what we do here. OneRadioNetwork.com. I love you guys. Stay there. I'll be right back. About five minutes. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.